This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country. Odyssey.com as well as the Odyssey app. All right, speaking of Capri Suns, let's go to another sweet guy we know, Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sportsbook. Joining us, he had to listen Roman. to that. I forgot. Yes, he's probably jamming out right oh, now. I know. Like, Man, he's, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, he's definitely going crazy over there. Mark, thanks for joining the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Listen, the weather broke. It feels like spring, and I get a nice concert, you know, so I can't complain. Mark, you can't beat it with a stick, brother. You can't beat it with a stick. I got, I got to ask you this, man. I just, I'm scrolling on the old Instagram. You know me, young on Instagram. And I see uh, Luka Doncic is the all-time playoff points per game leader right now. 33 and a half points per game. In second place is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Wow. 33.4 points per game. Luka Magic, he's been phenomenal. The only problem is the rest of that team has not been. And right now, well, yeah, at BetMGM right now, tomorrow, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Mavericks. One and a half point dogs against the Phoenix Suns. Do you see the Mavs? getting at least one game in this series. We kind of previewed this earlier. We thought it was closer to a sweep than anything. How do you see this series playing out, and what do the Mavs need to do to try to slow down the freight train that is the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I think they're in a real tough spot because, like you mentioned, you know, how much Luka is carrying them offensively, and I think the issue is, is, you know, he's getting hunted a little bit on defense. They're going yeah. after him on the other side of the court. They're making him work, and he's kind of wearing down as the game goes on, and he's not getting – any help like Jalen Brunson looks like a completely different player. Um, he's getting in early foul trouble. So, you know, you got Brunson, I think he had nine buckets and eight fouls. So that's not the ratio you want. And I just think that, you know, against Phoenix, they can't do some of the things they were doing against Utah. Like Utah, they could kind of spread them out. They could get, you know, drive to the hole and penetrate. And, you know, they're not really able to do that because Phoenix is so strong defensively. So, um, you know, I, I think they're going to struggle in this series, and I think the Suns are highly motivated to get them out of there early because that Memphis-Golden State series looks like it's going to go six or seven for sure. Mark, I think your 76ers might be in a little bit of trouble. Hate to um, see it. Let's say, and now no Joel Embiid for game three. There is no chance I'm ever backing them again without Embiid on that floor. Probably game four, too. Let's, let's hit on, okay, so tell me first off what you like in game three what you like the rest of the series, and then tell me what the plan is next year because are you guys, I'm a we guy, like with my team, like it's we, you know, if I buy tickets and I buy the jerseys, I get to say we. Are you really going to extend James Harden? Are you really going to pay James Harden when Maxie's your second best player? No, I don't think they can. But, I mean, starting with game three, yeah. obviously, Embiid was out. I bet Miami immediately. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, even with the home court advantage, I think the biggest issue for the Sixers in this series is, you know, not really the opponent, it's themselves. They, they can't hit buckets, and that's been the problem in both games. They're getting open looks. They're just not hitting the shots. I don't think that's going to change. Like, we really haven't seen, you know, the whole purpose of bringing Harden in was so that, you know, when you had him beat on the floor, you had another scoring option that could step up and be an alpha, right? So at the end of the game, Embiid didn't have to carry anything. And even with Embiid gone, you're not seeing Harden being able to do that. Um, you know, we saw Maxi kind of step up and have a big half in the, in the second half, but 
that game was over by halftime. Like yeah. that, I really don't even put a ton of stock in that. Um, you know, everybody was kind of like on Netflix watching the end of Ozark by that time. So yeah. I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't think they have much of a fight left in them. Like without Embiid, even if Embiid came back for game three, I think it would be a challenge because he would have to be so aggressive and coming back off, you know, the facial orbital bone injury or whatnot. It's just, it was hard for me to see him being able to come, come back and then win four out of five games. So I think after game two's performance, that was kind of like the nail in the coffin. And now you have to look into next year. And I, I think it's going to be a pivotal offseason for, you know, Daryl Morey. He has to decide, like, you know, does he want to build a championship roster here? Or does he want to be friends with all his players and have all the players that he likes on the team? And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. He brings in his guy Harden. Obviously, it seems like, you know, that was not the player we thought we were getting. So, you know, what does he do, um, you know, overall with this team? How does he build it around Embiid? Because even with Embiid, you know, you have challenges. Like, he's a big man. They don't stay healthy forever. And, you know, let's be honest, right? Like, there haven't been, you know, a pivotal playoff series deep in the playoffs where Embiid has been able to perform at a high level at all four quarters. You know, he wore down last year against the Hawks. This year he's not available. So, um, when you look at the future of the Sixers, it's, you know, at what point do you make the business decision on Embiid and, and decide that, you know, hey, maybe, you know, how do we build this team around him? And I think it's a lot of big questions for Dow Morey. I think the coach is going to get the brunt of it, but I think there's a lot more they need to do to that roster. Any chance, Mark, that in the next two seasons, the business decision, and I thought this might be where you were going, is that the business decision while Embiid's still in his prime is to give him a shot to actually win a title elsewhere and get as much as you can from him, too. Yeah, well, I think it depends on, you know, if Maury has a plan to build, can he, does he still think he can build around Embiid? Because, you know, I mean, it's, he's, he's at his peak now. And how many years is that going to last? You right. know, and I think that's the issue. But I don't, I think that if you, I think the challenge they're going to have is if they trade him, it it's going to be difficult to get, you know, elite players back that you're still going to be able to contend with. So um, I wouldn't be comfortable just kind of moving him and burning the whole thing down. But if I could get elite players just to kind of like reshape the team, you know, in a couple of years, it might be something you have to look at. We know Maury was very, you know, his vision was always like guard heavy, you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of like where the league is. So you have to wonder, you know, if he gets frustrated trying to put the pieces around, you know, one of the most talented centers in the league. We're joined now by Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sportsbook on the Roman Guest Line. Reminder, anything that we talk to Mark about available on the podcast. Type in BetMGM tonight. Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, and of course, your hearts. Let's talk about a team that's struggling right now to overcome some odds. The Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, we know they're the defending champions, but they do not have Chris Middleton. And it looks like for the foreseeable future. But they do get to go back home, get some home cooking. They stole one on the road in game one against the Boston Celtics. They're two and a half point favorites in this game on Saturday. The reason why we don't have any basketball in Seco de Mayo, by the way, is because the NBA wanted to make sure we got two playoff games on the weekend. So ah. spread is two and a half. The total two twelve and a half. What are you doing in this game? I, I feel like if Jalen Brown's going to play like that every single night, Sure, give me Boston. But the thing is, he just doesn't. He's extremely streaky. So what do you think uh, about this game? Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, up to Milwaukee to make the adjustments. You know, we saw Doka make the adjustments in game two. And, you know, with, you know, as far as guarding Giannis, he stopped throwing extra defenders at him. And he kind of just, you know, conceded that, you know, Giannis is going to be able to do what Giannis does. And what he did is he's eliminated his Giannis's ability to kind of, 
you know, pass it off and have these guys drain open three-pointers. And they were able to shut that down. Giannis had seven assists on three-pointers in game one, had zero in game two. So you saw, you know, Giannis get a little frustrated, um, you know, in the paint um, against Boston, and they were able to kind of neutralize him a little bit better. But it was, you know, them being able to take out the other players without Middleton there that I think it was key. And on the, you know, on the other side of the ball, Boston was just like, hey, you know what? If you're not going to let us into Pete, we're just going to shoot from the perimeter and we're going to shoot from three. They came out aggressive that way. And I think, you know, going forward, it's going to come down to how Milwaukee adjusts as far as, you know, when they have their bigs on the floor, you know, Giannis, Portis, uh, Lopez, you know, they're not, they're not scoring as well. You know, when all three of those guys are on the floor, I think if they have 60 points every per hundred possessions, they're averaging. So, wow. you know, they're going to have to give up some of that rim protection, which is their M.O., so they're going to have to kind of change what they do best in order to, you know, keep pace with Boston in this series. So how much they decide to give up that rim protection to kind of take away, you know, what Boston's doing on the perimeter, I think is going to be pivotal. Because I think Boston showed what they're going to do against Giannis. Like, they're just not going to throw a bunch of people at him. They're going to let him do his thing. But on the offensive end, you're seeing the ball movement that, you know, Boston has preached all year. And, you know, it's finally coming together. And I think that's the difference. They're just driving in. They're kicking it out pump fake, swing it, drive in, kick out, pump fake, swing it, and Milwaukee's getting tired defensively. And I think that that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But I like Boston coming into the series. Um, I saw an interesting stat, you know, teams that blew out, um, road teams that won by double digits, I think, in game one, were only won two of the last 12 series. So it's not something that, you know, is a predictive um, predictor of future success in the series. And you know, I like Boston coming into it, and I think they can kind of get the job done if they continue to make the right adjustments. Hey, Mark, we only got about like one minute here, but, uh, you know, Phoenix is the most complete team. The thing that concerned me is just Chris Paul's never healthy for an entire playoff run, but now him and Devin Booker both look really good. Who do you think gives them the best series, whether it's, you know, the NBA Finals or whether you have them getting beat, you know, before that, maybe by Memphis or maybe by a potential, you know, Warriors or Dallas? Who do you think actually gives them the best series, Phoenix? Yeah, I think it could be the Grizzlies just because yeah. of John ja Morant and because of the fact that they're so deep. And we're seeing Memphis's depth play such a huge role. Like we saw Zaire Williams, you know, off the bench. And, you know, they're, they're just – they have such a strong bench. And, you know, they can kind of compete with Phoenix that way where they don't need, you know, uh, you know, to play five, six guys. And I think, you know, if Memphis can get by Golden State, which I still think they can, I think it's going to be an incredible series in the Western Conference Finals. Still like Phoenix, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Mark. Thanks for joining our show. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.